Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 1 Samuel chapter 15. And if I would give this one a title, it would simply be My Way or God's Way. <laughs> My Way or God's Way. We're going to see today that God gives Saul another chance to obey him. And God gives him a task to do, a brutal, horrible task to do. And Saul's like, cool. And then he goes and does it the way he wants to do it. And we're going to see how that works out for him. And before we get too down on Saul, we're also going to admit, me too. (laughs) How many times has God told us to do something hard? And we're like, okay. And then we go do exactly what we want to do. And we get the consequences as a result, right? And we're going to see how that goes. But as always, if you like what we do here, before we get into that, I want to make sure to remind you to like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you so much for commenting on the YouTube channel and for continually uh, sending other people to subscribe. It really does help us. And I am so thankful for all of you. Also, thank you so much for everybody who listens to the podcast. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review. It really does help. And then as always, we gather around the Facebook group Bible Breakdown Discussion. And the more we dig, the more we find. And this is one of those today. And so if you have your Bible, you want to open it up with me to 1 Samuel chapter 15. Once again, we're going to read about this season in the nation of Israel's existence. And that's what 1 Samuel is all about, is how they started off as a collection of tribes. They didn't want God to be their king. They said, give us a king. And so God has given them this king. And Saul is making all of these bad decisions, and he's a violent man. And even in the middle of all of this, God is slowly nudging people where they need to go because God is still going to have his way despite our silliness or our foolishness. We said that the overall idea of 1 Samuel is God's providence despite our silliness. And this is another one of those where God is going to send Saul with with a horrible task, but not one that he is expected to back down from. And we'll talk about the background, but then watch what he does instead. And we'll see what God's word has to say to us along the way. So if you have your Bibles ready, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 1 says this. One day Samuel said to Saul, It was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. So Saul mobilized his army at Telium. There were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army went to the town of the Amalekites and lay in wait in the valley. Saul sent this warning to the Kenites, move away from the Amalekites and where they live, or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites packed up and left. Thank goodness. Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep goats, cattle, fat calves, and the lambs. Everything, in fact, that appealed to them. But they destroyed only what was worthless 
or of poor quality. Now, pause. Now, first of all, I just want to take a moment and talk about what a horrible thing this was for them to have to do. Now, it's not without reason. For hundreds of years at this point, you know, God had had mercy on the Amalekites, giving them an opportunity to repent, giving them an opportunity to stop doing the human sacrifices to worship for the, the god Molech and the Asterisk and, and worshiping Baal and all those different things that they were doing. And he was giving them mercy after mercy after mercy until finally he said, it's enough. It's not going to get any better. It's time. It's time. And so he asks Saul to go and take care of business. You just want to take a moment to go how horrible this was. But here's the thing. God told him to do this, and God was going to be with him. But notice how he reinterpreted what God said. And it wasn't out of mercy. Saul didn't hear this and go, well, you know, I'm sure God didn't mean it like that. Instead, he thought, well, I'm sure God would want us to take care of us (laughs) along the way. I want to make sure that I get a little bit of what I want in the process. Because God said, go and take and slaughter everything. Saul went and slaughtered everything he wanted to. So notice how he added to it. Well, watch what happens when he changes God's word and God's will. Watch the results. Verse 10 says this. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him, Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself and then went to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found out, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then what is this bleeding of sheep and goats and lowing of cattle, I hear, Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God when they destroyed and when we have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul asked. Samuel told him, Although you may think little of yourself, you are not the leader. Are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, Go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I, I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle, the plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offerings of fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the commandment of the Lord, the Lord has rejected you as king. Then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now, please, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you. Since you have rejected the Lord's commands, he has rejected you as king. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today 
and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you. He, and it is he who is the glory of Israel, uh, will not, he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind. For he is not human that he should change his mind. And then Saul pleaded again, I know I have sinned, but please at least honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel by coming back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him, and Saul worshiped the Lord. And then Samuel said, Bring Agag the king to me. Agag arrived full of hope, for he thought, Surely the worst is over. I will be spared. But Samuel said, As your sword has killed many sons of many mothers, now your mother will be childless. And Samuel cut Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel went home to Ramah, and Saul returned to his house at Gabeah of Saul. Samuel never met, never went to meet with Saul again, but he mourned constantly for him, and the Lord was sorry that he had ever made Saul king of Israel. That's tough. I mean, that's tough. Now, let's not deny the fact that what God had told Saul to do was a tough assignment. But at the time, this is what nations would do to one another. So it's not like he'd never done this before. This was a hard task, but it was a possible task. And so he had no problem doing the hard stuff. He just wanted to keep a little back for himself. And even then, when his, his soldiers decided they wanted to do something different, he was willing to go with it. And so what can we learn from this today? I think the principle of God's word is, is that when God sends you to do something, our job is to not question. Our job is to obey. Well, how does God chiefly do that today? He chiefly does that through his word. When God's word says that we shouldn't lust after our neighbor, we should envy what our neighbor has, that we should honor God with our bodies, when we should honor God with our attitudes, when we should do all of these things that are hard, when we want to do something different, sometimes we say, well, you know, I shouldn't accept for. We try to find ways around it. We try to find ways to excuse it. When God's word says what it says for a reason. And so, I heard someone say one time, it is not mine to reason why, it is but mine to do or die. And when it comes to God's word, that's exactly the truth. Because for so many moments in our life, God sees more than we do. He understands more than we do. It reminds me of many times when uh, my girls would be little, you know, they would always want to eat dessert before they would eat dinner, right? And they would always say, I want to, you know, I want my dessert, I want my dessert. I say, okay, great, but you got to eat your vegetables first. I know they would cry they would get upset, and especially one of my daughters, and if you know my family, you'll probably guess which one, she would eat around the vegetables, and she'd say, well, Dad, I ate my vegetables. No, not really. You know, well, well, I did. No, you ate around them. <laughs> you you kind of did part of what I wanted you to do. You didn't do what I want you to do, and then they would say things like, Dad, if you loved me, you would let me do it my way. You'd let me have it my way. Well, as a dad, I'd love for them to have it their way, but as a dad... I know that what they want is not always what they need. And so I'm going to tell them to do it this way, not only because it's going to help them be healthy, but it's also going to teach them the right way to go about things. And I wonder how many times when there's hard things in God's word, we have to stand up for our faith. We have to say no to our flesh. We have to say yes to discipline. We have to, to do all these different things. It's hard. I wonder if God's like, yeah, you could probably get away with that. But if it's sin... <laughs> then you shouldn't want to get away with it. And the thing is, is that there's a, I know the problems that that causes. 
I know what happens down the road with my daughters. If they eat their dessert first today, is that going to kill them? Likely no. <laughs> you know, but what, what is it teaching them down the road? And because God is a good father and he loves us so much, he's like, no, no, I need you to do it my way. And if you don't do it my way, there's going to be consequences. Not because I don't love you. It's because I love you that I'm going to hold you accountable. The, the Bible says in Hebrews that it is those that God loves that he disciplines because he sees so much in you. And so I just want to challenge you with this today, that maybe you're struggling with being honest. You're struggling with honoring God with your body. You're struggling with a sexual identity issue. I know God's word says I should be like this, but I feel like that. I, I want to be able to go with my feelings. Can I tell you, don't trust your feelings. Feelings are fun, but they make terrible leaders. That's why you need something true that stands outside of you that you can trust. So I want to encourage you today that whatever's going on in your life, and whatever area of your life that you're struggling to trust the Lord, choose to trust him anyway. Do it exactly his way and watch what will happen as a result. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. Thank you that you are with us and you're for us. I pray today, God, that you will lead us in all things. Give us the courage to take the next step. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, don't forget, God's word says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. Don't forget, God's in charge. He's got a plan for your life. And if you're not dead, you're not done. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 1 Samuel chapter 16.